Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you'll enjoy this message today. The question that I get asked very frequently is, how do I know, me personally, I know that God's speaking to me? Or, the other end of the scale, God never speaks to me. I never hear him. I wouldn't know. If he shouted at me, I wouldn't understand that it was him. Two questions that need answering this morning. So my first question to you this morning is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is alive? Yep. Okay. So he rose from the dead. Now, do you honestly believe that Jesus, who was a man who dwelt amongst us, who spent three years at least talking to his disciples and having his disciples talk to him, has spent the last 2,000 years in heaven totally silent? No. Glenn loves talking. I can imagine asking Glenn to be silent for two minutes, let alone 2,000 years. God is human. He's communicated with us as man from the beginning of time. He spoke to Adam in the garden. He's speaking in revelation. And he's going to come and he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth. Ever speaking. Do you understand that we were a creation that was created as a speaking, communicating, understanding group of people, the only part of God's creation that has this ability. And he became man and dwelt amongst us and spoke. And that's what we've got to remember today. So for the, the, this meeting um, this morning, I want to make what, what we talk about very, very practical. Because I can come to you with a million scriptures. I mean, the, this is literally the word. And we can go anywhere in it and we can hear the word of God. But I want to show you this morning how practically you can hear God. Because otherwise we, we fill our minds with all these spiritual things. And nobody ever says to you, just sit down and listen. <laughs> you know. So today I want to just tell you, sit down and listen. Because he wants to speak to you. And you'll be amazed because you're going to hear Oh my goodness, so that was how he spoke to me. See, he speaks to us in many different ways. If we turn to John chapter 10 and verse 27, there's going to be a whole lot of scriptures that will come up. I'm not going to read them all, but I just want to go to John chapter 10. And it's about Jesus talking about us as sheep. And in verses 27 to 28, he says, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. So we have to understand that when he speaks, we hear his voice. And because he is our shepherd, we recognize his voice. So maybe today all we need to do to flip the coin is to recognize, oh, God was talking to me. But maybe for some of us, we have to get to the place where we say, 
Jesus, I need to recognize your voice today. So I want to ask you a question again. Does God hear us? Yeah. Always? Yeah. Psalm 66 verse 19 says, God can speak to us anywhere, at any time, and in many, many varied ways. So let's give a list of how God can speak to us. Now, this is not all of them, but this is some of them, and I'm going to address some of these today. First one is his word. And then he speaks to us with an audible voice through the preached word, which is what's happening here today, through a prophetic word, through visions and dreams, with angels. Can you imagine an angel coming and visiting you and having a chat with you? I mean, amazing. And then just that little inner witness inside of us that says, yeah, that's God. What about a finger writing a message on the wall, as in Daniel. What about Moses being confronted with the voice of God from a bush that wouldn't burn and die? It just burned. And then what about Balaam, whose ass turns around and chats to him and says, you're going the wrong way, you're doing the wrong thing. And he is so caught up in that moment that he doesn't even realize he's arguing back with a donkey. And the donkey is speaking the language that he understands. The donkey's not going, the donkey is actually speaking his language. Bizarre ways. What about miracles? God says in John 10 that he speaks through the miracles that he performs. So let's look at these in a practical way. This is his word, and there are a million ways that God can speak to us through his word. But if you have a question that needs answering, don't use this as Russian roulette, okay? So, okay, God, speak to me. Go and hang thyself. Okay, <laughs> that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> All right, so please, this is not a little Buddha that sits in a shop where you go and rub its belly to win the lottery or anything else. This is living. This is a picture of who Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit are. This is a living word treated with respect. When he speaks to us through the word, he speaks truthfully and powerfully. And a scripture will come to you, and you can't let it go. It kind of, everywhere you turn, you, this one scripture pops up. God is speaking to you. Take note of what he's saying. You know, he might be calling you to repentance. He might be calling you to worship. He might be calling you to change your direction. Pay attention to those scriptures that come over and over and over again, and you cannot let them go. He speaks through his word. And the beautiful thing about it is that when he speaks and you recognize, oh my goodness, this is God speaking to me today, that scripture makes us want to do what he's called us to do. It gives us that boost 
to say, yeah, God, I will say yes to this. Okay, the preached word. This is one of my hobbies. And you, un you need today to understand the importance of the word of God that comes from a pulpit every single week. You know, I didn't just um, go along to the internet and think, oh, okay, God speaks. Yeah, oh, I like that. And just copied it and um, put some slides to it and here's my message. No, that's not how the preached word comes. The preached word is downloaded into the preacher's spirit because God has something specific to say to all of his people here on a Sunday morning. And then when that word is given, if in, and I know that people are like me, I don't just take this word and say, oh, yay, I've got something. I now start to pray. Because, God, this word is that important that you've given it to me to share. It has to have an effect. It's got to bring transformation. It's got to go into somebody's life where they know God has spoken. And so a preacher will get a word like this and he'll pray over it. He'll meditate over it. It affects him or her, in my case. I want to hear God, and I want to hear God properly. Therefore, it affects me as well. And we pray and we say, God, speak to your people so that lives are transformed. It's pointless coming to church every single Sunday and leaving exactly the same way. This is where... The preached word carries weight, and it carries emphasis, and it carries what's on the heart of God. So this morning here, God, speak to you. Prophecy. Sometimes someone will stand up in church and speak an inspired message from God to the whole congregation. This is to inspire everyone to hear the voice of God. What's on his heart and to respond Prophecy doesn't just come because it's like a self that just gets rubbed into us to make us feel good. It always requires a response. So we have a prophecy that comes to the church. We also have prophecies where, which are one-on-one. -on -one. And I can go up to someone and say, I believe that um, the Lord wants you to know today how much he loves you. Or something different. But it's a one-on-one. -on -one. It's a very personal thing. It's not meant to be broadcast to everyone. It's something very personal. One of the things that we don't do with prophecy is we don't do the hatched, matched, and dispatched kind of words. In other words, I'm not going to go up to someone and say, um, I believe that you and her are going to get married. <laughs> okay, Oh. Stay away from that, you know. Or go to someone and say, you're about to have a baby. Well, um, yeah, okay. So we stay away from things like that. But prophecy is meant to exhort us. Prophecy is meant to encourage us. Prophecy is meant to push us to higher places. So 
the purity of the word of prophecy must come to bring a change to someone's life with all the love of God behind it. It's not there to judge. Oh, I saw in the spirit that you took money out of the tool last week. No, 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 no. We don't say things like that. Okay. Visions and dreams. And I love this one because I am a seer. I see things. And God has given this wonderful, wonderful gift to us of imagination. So I'm going to just throw out to everyone this morning, see an apple tree. Everybody can see an apple tree. But I can tell you now, my, my apple tree is different to yours. Because we see them little, we see them big, we see them bare, we see them flowering, we see them with red apples, we see them with green apples. We see half of the tree dead and the other half alive. Everybody can see an apple tree, but everybody sees an apple tree differently. And it's the same with dreams. Everybody dreams. Everybody dreams. But some of our dreams go into different categories. So we have the pizza dream. Okay, pizza dreams are when you dream after you've had a meal at 10 o'clock at night. And you really are uncomfortable. And you dream the weirdest and the wackiest things. That's not God speaking to you, by the way. Not. Then we also have what I call filing dreams, where we file at night into this amazing computer of ours the events of the day. If our day has been really complex and a vast majority of things have happened, our dreams can be bizarre, to put it mildly. And then we add into that daily mix movies we've watched, songs we've listened to, etc., etc., and we've got the wackiest dreams ever. That's not God speaking. But then we have a dream that comes from God. And usually a dream that comes from God is remarkable and it's memorable. And it's not usually very long. But it can be very allegorical. In other words, it can have pictures in it that wouldn't normally mean what you are seeing. For instance, if you dreamed that you see somebody dying, it doesn't mean that you've now got to call the church to pray and fasting because Joe Bloggs is going to die. God's showing you that because death means the end of a person's life. Something is coming to an end. So don't always take dreams literally. The same way, if I dream I'm carrying a baby around in my arms, it's not mine. <laughs> okay, it's definitely not mine. But God is showing me there's new life, there's newness coming, there's something new that's coming. Take those dreams as from God. They will literally be memorable. There will be colors that have meaning. There will be numbers that have meaning. Take a note of them. If you are one of these dreamers, keep a notebook next to your bed. I used to do that. I don't have to do that anymore. But I started by doing that. And if I had a memorable, remarkable dream, I would write it down. Because it's the little details in a dream where God says, this, 
He can give you days. He can give you colors. He can give you numbers. They all have a meaning. Go through the word of God and have a look at how many people dreamt. Jacob put his head down on a stone and dreamt of a ladder going up and down and angels going up and down into heaven. Daniel dreamt. People dream, and God speaks to them through their dreams. And I have had amazing, amazing revelations from God where God has spoken to me in dreams. I recognize the difference between a pizza dream and a filing dream and a God-speaking dream. Make a note. Go to the word of God. He will give you the interpretation for your dream. And then the last little one that I want to talk about today is our inner voice. Our inner voice speaks. We are spirit beings more than human beings. We are spirit beings, and the spirit of God resides within us. And he's going to link up with us and say, that's right, that's not. We have to go with what's happening on the inside of us sometimes. Because God's not going to speak to us in dreams. He's not speaking in an audible voice. And with an audible voice, I must add that in 50 years of knowing him, I've only heard the audible voice of God twice. So don't think that every day of the week God's going to, hey, Hardy, you know. I've heard God's voice twice. And once it was one word, and the amount of information that God can download to you with one word is amazing. So it can happen. But knowing your knower, knowing your knower, this is right or this is not right. The most important thing out of all of this is how do I know? How does Eleanor know? How do I know God is speaking to me? The simplest answer is because we know him and we have a relationship with him. And when I say relationship, I mean a living, breathing, talking, moving, day-to-day, moment-by-moment relationship with God. Don't think that a 20-minute sermon on a Sunday pushes us into the bracket of a relationship with God. It doesn't. It's those moment-by-moments that starts when we say, Jesus, I recognize that you are the Son of God. I recognize that you died for me so that I didn't have to bear the penalty of my own sin. And I believe that you rose from the dead. We had communion today. That means we believe. That's where relationship starts. And it will only grow. The relationship only grows depending on how much time you spend with the person you have relationship with. I've learned, if Hardy phones me and he says, hi, it's it's Hardy, he wouldn't have to say it's Hardy because I recognize his voice. Same if I phone Hardy, he would recognize my voice. We have known each other for a long time. We talk. 
And therefore, I hear him, I know him, I have a relationship with him. In the same way, spend time with God. Don't just rush into his presence with a shopping list. But just go to him and say, Lord, I just want to sit today and love you. I just want to sit and be loved by you. I don't want to. He knows us. Goodness, he knows how many hairs I have on my head. You know, I don't have to go to him with my shopping list. He knows my shopping list better than I do. And sometimes it's good to ask because he says you have not because you ask not. So we have to ask. But over and over and over again, please listen. You must get to know him. Spend time with him. Then when he speaks, you have no doubt who's speaking to you. So today, how do we put hearing God into our daily practice, to our daily living? Because I have to tell you that it's not just God's voice that speaks to us. <laughs> okay, so we have God's voice. Then we have our voice, and I've got a big voice, and I can tell you inside of me it's a big voice as well. And then you've got the enemy's voice. So how do I then distinguish between God's voice, my voice, and the enemy's voice? And it comes back to relationship. But let's have a look and see how we can recognize if God is speaking to us. So I can't go into all of these this morning, but I can do this one. We want to hear God, and we want to know that God's speaking. So how do we hear God? If God is answering a question you've asked him, or if God is asking you to do something, there's a few things that you can do to test who's speaking to you. And the very first thing is check on the relationship. Are you on actual speaking terms with God? I mean, let's start right there. You know, are we just going to God with our shopping list or are we actually talking to him and is he talking to us? So are we in relationship with him? Do we know him and can we recognize his voice? Very important. How does the instruction that he's given to us line up with the word of God? You know, if he tells me to go and um, take a chicken from Target because I can't afford to buy one, does, do you think that actually lines up with what the Word of God says about do not steal? <laughs> you know, no. So it's obviously not God speaking, isn't it? It's probably me speaking because I'm hungry and I need a chicken. So recognize when God speaks, it has to line up with the Word of God. He doesn't live or work or move outside of what his word is. Okay. Um, is what I'm being called to do or being asked to do, is it going to bring glory to Jesus? Very important. What is my motivation to do what I feel that God has called me to do? 
is it so that I can get a pat on the back and say, oh, you were amazing? Or I want the praise and I want the glory? What is my motivation? If my motivation is, Jesus, I can't bear to say no to you because I know it would break your heart. That's good motivation. But if it's for my own praise and glory, I don't want it. I don't want to say yes. So be careful of that. Then this word, would it harm anyone that I feel that God is calling me to do? Because he's not in the business of harming people. He's in the business of loving people. So am I going to harm anyone with this word? We have to understand one thing. Satan can make sin very, very, very attractive. And he can hide all the repercussions of giving in. So it might look good. It might sound good. It might even be doing something in the kingdom of God. But it's taking us away from that relationship with God. And it might bring harm to someone else and it might bring harm to us. So we have to have, going back, a relationship with God to know it's God speaking. And then the last one is get counsel. If you have a question about what, whether or not you feel God is talking to you, get a couple of people to pray with you. See what they say. See if they agree. So God's voice will always line up with Scripture always bring glory to Jesus, will never harm you, will have the provision in place to accomplish what you've been called to do, and it will cause the kingdom of God to increase. Come on, this is what he called us to do. Go out and make disciples of all men. We've got to be able to extend the kingdom of God. So the last thing that I want to have a chat about is what happens if you say yes to God and all of a sudden it feels like every demon in hell is out to get you? What do you do then? Either demons don't like what you have said yes to or God is actually saying no. Again, how do you know whether it's Satan coming against you or God simply saying no. And the biggest and the quickest way that you can do this, and I have only learned this recently. Hello. After 50 years, I'm slow at learning. I'm slow at learning, but I have learned this. Disarm the enemy. Take away his ammunition. So what I have done, and I will share my testimony about this hearing God at the end. Give your decision to say yes to God, to him, to God. Say, Lord, you've called me. I'm going to say yes, but I'm giving it to you because you're the one that needs to get all the glory for this. I don't want any of it for myself. Once you've given it to him, Satan then cannot come along and try and distract you because it doesn't belong to you anymore. He can't disarm you because it's not yours anymore, and he cannot try and destroy you. So give your yes to God. And then what happens if God is not actually saying no, 
God's going to cause that to grow. And it's going to be more firmly seated. But at the moment, Satan has nothing to try and distract you with. Nothing, because you've given it away. It's not yours. And the glory is not yours. And the fame is not yours anymore. It's all Jesus's. Give it to God. And Satan gives up. He does. Because he realizes it really doesn't matter. All you want to do is say yes. And God will protect you in your yes. Because it has nothing to do with me. It's got all to do with him. And for his kingdom. What does John 10.10 say? The thief comes to steal, destroy, and, and yeah, distract, disarm, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. And if he's got nothing to distract you with, and he's got nothing to disarm you with, and he's got nothing to destroy you with, what's the point of hanging around? And the other thing is, is that when you're in that place, you are going closer and closer and closer to God. And the last place that the enemy wants to be found is in the presence of God. He hates it. Okay. Ultimately, you will have no doubt and you will have peace. And somebody gave this to me many, many, many years ago. I wish I knew who it was. When in doubt, don't. Don't. Just don't. Wait for God. Jane was talking about timing. Wait for God. The biggest thing is that you will have peace. You will have peace. So I want to be you all to be encouraged today. God speaks. Does he speak? Yes. He speaks to you. Does he speak to you? Yes. Always? Yes. Okay. And we can know him and hear his voice if we have relationship with him. This message is really pertinent to me right now because in round about November, a lot happened last year, didn't it? Round about November last year, I felt very strongly that um, I was being taken out of the lane that I had been traveling in and going back into a lane of prayer and intercession, and, um, but strongly into that lane. And I prayed about it, and I said, yes, Lord, yes. So immediately, um, because I was no longer doing prayer ministry, I got a million people phoning and saying, I need help, I need help, I need help. And I said yes, because I couldn't say no. People needed help. It was the worst thing that I'd ever done. Because I found all of a sudden, even though I was doing good, I had not heard the right voice. And I was finding myself trying to reach out to God and not being able to touch him the way I do. And I realized, Lord, I'm sorry. I've actually withdrawn my yes and said, maybe when I've dealt with all of this need. But now I've, I've, I've given it. And then I went one day and I said to our prayer team, I need help. And I gave this 
to the Lord. The signs and the things that came in line to show me this was God who was talking to me were unmistakable. I should have had, it was like, Eleanor, you can't miss the signpost. There it is, right in front of you. And I was dodging around it. Until the time came where I said, Lord, I give this to you. I'm tired of being distracted. I'm tired of the enemy trying to disarm me and destroy me. I give this to you. If this is you, increase it. But if you're saying no, take it away. And I'm quite happy. Then I'm happy. I'll be at peace. It's grown. It's grown. And it's grown. But my yes is now my yes. And I'm not being moved from that position. So this last little attempt of me being never ever having had backache, suddenly totally and completely incapacitated, got to the stage where I sent a message through to the prayer team and I said, we are doing declarations. We are decreeing a thing. So when you decree, you take what's in the law and you speak the law out and the enemy has to give way. And the next morning I woke up totally and completely pain-free. And I have been ever since. Okay, so please be encouraged today. God speaks. We can hear. He speaks to us so many, many times and in so many, many ways. Listen. But if you don't understand and you can't hear the voice of God, get into that place and position yourself before God so that you can understand and know who he is. Sometimes people say to me, oh, I pray all day. Well, yeah, you do, because you're driving the car, you're washing the dishes, you're changing the baby's nappy, you're shopping, you're fetching children from school, you're praying all day. But are you actually sitting down and saying to the Lord, you have my undivided attention. I just want to come now and just love you. And sit with you. And if you speak to me, wonderful. If you don't, I know that you are loving me. And that's the relationship we come to and have to have to be able to constantly and adequately and emphatically and without doubt hear the voice of God. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the Word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. If you want to know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.